Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is your favorite totally random reality show obsession? 651-641-1071. Hillbilly hand fishing. Uh, that's a that's a real show. Colleen was obsessed with it for a while. Mm-hmm. People hand fish for hillbillies, or I mean hillbillies who fish for. Hands. We're gonna go. Down, I don't know. Down to the river. We're gonna get us some hillbillies. No, it's catfishing. Anyway, six five one six four one one zero seven one. What's your favorite? Uh, totally random reality show binge. Well. Here's why I'm asking, Holly. Why? As we wait for the uh, calls to roll in. Actually, it looks like we do have someone on the phone already. We do. Um, to join the conversation, Whoa. but you probably want to know why we're asking. Yes, I want to know why we're asking about random reality shows. Well, I started watching, you know, when I'm bebopping around the house on the weekend, I like to have something in the background that I can just have on. Keeps you company. And I love the Discovery Plus for just that kind of experience. And so I was like, I'm feeling like kind of homesteady lately. Like I bake sourdough bread. I make my own cheese. I love going to the farmer's market. So in my fantasy world, I am living on like 40 acres with like chickens. Yes. Uh, but I'm that's never happening, right? Unless like I win the lottery and can afford to like build, which is totally against the whole principle of the thing. Yeah. But you get my point. It's yep. like it's just candy for the brain while I'm uh doing housework. So I ended up on a show called Homestead Rescue, which is on Discovery Plus, and it's this family, a dad and two kids who go around the country and save people whose homesteads are about to fail because they don't know what they're doing or they've got like some big predator problem, like they got grizzly bear problems. Oh dear. Or like wolves. I mean, mm. it is I didn't realize how many things are out there ready to kill you. <laughs> but now you know. But now I know because I binged three seasons over the weekend while I was canning and baking and cleaning and, you know, doing my best Ma Ingles. Yeah. You were doing some homestead adjacent activities <laughs> yes, in my <laughs> South Minneapolis apartment or apartment home uh, in South Minneapolis. That's why we're asking what your favorite reality, random reality binge is. Six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. Let's get right to the phones, though. And Mary, who has been patiently waiting, can share with us her favorite reality binge. Hey, Mary. Hello. And I'm just like you. I put it on in the background when I'm doing something else. But I love Below Deck. Oh, gosh, of course. Below Deck Sailing, Below Deck Mediterranean, the original one. Oh, I love shows like this. And you like watch this. all the, you know, snooty people come on and mm. they're like, well, we want blah, blah, blah food. Yep. 
And the chef is like, really? Like, I really? have to go find and, canary tongues or something? Rack, mm-hmm. But it is so phenomenal. Do you have a favorite, have, a favorite in the franchise? Um, yes, the sailing yacht. I don't know. Have you seen that? No, I have not. Okay. Well, they crash, not to, you know, like be a buzzkill and tell you what's going on. But, oh, no, they crash into, like, the dock and all sorts of, because it's a 110-foot sailboat. Oh, wow. All right. So that's your favorite. Oh, it is. Mary watched them all more than once. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Mary. I forgot about all the below decks. I need to get back into below deck. I'm very out of date. And I know being the cruise lover that I am, you'd think I'd be all about it. Uh, But cruises are different than yachts. That's true. Mm. I mean, the private yacht experience is totally different, right? Right. Um, and Because I know from experience. No. Well, yes. Because Holly's a big yachter. Oh, wait. No, she's not. Um, (laughs) I would much rather be on a cruise ship than a yacht. But let's go to Brandy. Find out what her favorite reality binge is. Hey, Brandy. Hey, Bradley. What do you love watching, honey? Tiny House Mason. Ooh, tell me about Tiny House Mason. Oh, my gosh. So on Samsung TV Plus, they have, like, their own channel. And it's just, like, Tiny House all day. And I can see all these awesome little contraptions that they build, like tables that fit into, like, this tiny 4 by 4 square but can seat eight people. And you're like, what? So it's just so amazing, and I envision myself, like, out in my own little tiny house in my backyard away from my kids, but I don't have one. I know. Isn't that the thing? Like, it it, it allows you to, like, have this, like, life that you really don't want to put the effort into at this point in your life, but you can sort of still indulge that feeling, right? Yes, exactly. Like, someday, someday, and then don't you find yourself saying, like, oh, my God, like, when when people do things wrong, you're like, oh, I would never do that. How do they not know you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z? Like, we're experts. Who put the handle there? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Brandy, thank you so much. Uh, And that was... Tiny House Mason, I think yes. is what she said. Tiny yes. House Mason Tiny on House. Samsung TV. I didn't wow. even know that was a thing. But that's the thing, Bradley, is there are so many different reality shows that are in the nooks and crannies of popular culture that it's always fun when people share what they're watching. Yeah. I I, I love uh, Tiny House shows, too, because I always just have this, like, I've always loved the idea of, like, living in the wilderness ever since I read My Side of the Mountain as a kid. I was like, I'm going to live in a tree someday, and I'm going to have squirrel friends and a hawk. And we're just going to go hang out by the river and fish. How's that working out for you? Uh, Well, no, you know, I'm watching TV shows about homesteading. Hey, that works. (laughs) Let's go to Karen. (laughs) She's on the line. Karen, what are you watching? RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, okay. I guess that's a reality show of sorts. I didn't even think about it. But why do you love RuPaul's Drag Race? What, what, What do you love particularly about Drag Race? Um... I don't know, just watching these men become beautiful women, it oh, just yeah. blows me away. <laughs> it kind of gives you that sort of like, you know, in the old days when we used to watch like talk show makeovers or whatever, this is like the extreme makeover. That, that and that, and just to hear their stories of what they've gone through, mm. it's just, it's an amazing show. Yeah, no, I totally agree, Karen. It's a wonderful show. Um, Karen thinks Drag Race, we've got tiny houses. Holly, what's your favorite sort of random reality obsession? I like to go back, Bradley, and tickle my nostalgia. And a great place to do that with reality television is Paramount+. Plus. 
because they have available for your viewing pleasure many old seasons of the classic reality show, The Real World. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that you could watch. Now, you can't watch all the seasons of The Real World. Like, mm, conspicuously missing are seasons five through eight. Also, 10, 11 aren't there. (laughs) So some of them are randomly missing. But it is fascinating to go back and watch The Real World, which was one of the big reality shows of the early 90s, and how it informed your opinion of the world at large. And it was through these seven strangers living in a house trying to get to know each other. Yeah, see, in in the world of reality shows, I think, like, um, you know, of course... Uh, that's just sort of like the granddaddy of them all, right? Um, But there are so many good, just weird, random, like you and I were talking about this off the air uh, earlier this morning, like the the Alaskan ones. There's like a whole genre of like Alaska. And I will say Homestead Rescue, the main characters or the protagonists, the people who go around the country to like help people with their failing homesteads, they're from Alaska. And there's a lot of those like frontier uh, you know, prepper, uh, homesteady kind of people living out in the uh, Alaskan frontier. Yeah, I found myself, Bradley, before we go. So if you want to talk about reality shows that are random and are taking place on the frontier, watched a couple episodes of Big Timber on Netflix. Oh, Big Timber. What's that about? Big Timber is about Canadian loggers Oh, that's on cool. Vancouver Island. And so it follows a team of a logger and his crew, and that's what they do. They literally go and source big timber in Canada. And it's a whole season, is, a whole situation. There's two seasons of it. Again, I just love dipping into different parts of the world that we have no idea they even exist, right? Right. Um, all right. When we come back, Herp. Remember Herp? Herp was a publication ship. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Well, Holly's got the latest on some legal uh, stuff or no, their legal stuff is over, but the case is still like in headlines, right? Yeah. The court of public opinion is still in session. All right. Holly will tell us why we return right here on my talk. One Oh seven one. Another. Well, we're still talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I know, I know, but trust me, this is actually fascinating, if not bizarre. And Holly will tell us all about it here on the Colleen and Bradley show. That's what you're listening to. I'm the Bradley. Colleen will be back with us next week. And Holly's got all the latest on Herp. Yay! Herp is a loving little nickname we gave these two back in the day. Yeah, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Well, their legal woes and their legal battles might be wrapping up, but the court of public opinion is still in session. Oh my God, are you going to be a legal eagle? Well, no, I'm actually just going to be reading. I'm going to be reading the report of the report because Bradley, the report that was leaked over the weekend is a 965 page document that was filed March 28th. Um, that's a lot of pages. That's a lot of pages. Now, wait. So it was real. Wait a minute. This document so, goes back to March, but we're just hearing about it now. Yes, because it was leaked, Bradley. Oh, so we're not supposed to be hearing about it, but somebody released it. Well, it's been released, and these court documents, which were published online and verified by various publications. Now, I'm going with the New York Post. Yes, they are a journalistic institution. Now, they lay out a series of behind the scenes moves by attorneys from both. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp to get certain claims presented to the jury in Fairfax, Virginia, maybe stricken from the record. 
so to speak. Oh. Things that we didn't hear in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial. Okay. Because, you know, we're not legal experts and we don't play them on TV, the radio, or the internet. But well, sometimes. Oh, okay. I play him. I don't. I'm not one. Okay, thank you. Well, you know, sometimes things are presented and they get to negotiate whether or not the jury gets to hear certain little tidbits of information. Well, some of those things, Bradley, that were included but not limited to in this 965-page document that was filed March 28th details how Amber Heard, her team, was in opposition to a series of motions made by Depp's lawyers, including one to exclude his medical history from the trial and others that asked to present potentially damaging information about Amber Heard, including but not limited to, they were going to say that at one point in time... She was a stripper. Oh, was she? Is that a bad thing? Are you not supposed to strip? I don't know, but Johnny Depp's team wanted to tell the jury about Amber's brief stint as an exotic dancer year be- years before she met Mr. Depp. I Okay, that's gross because who cares? Yeah. What does that have ca- yeah. to do with the price of anything right. in this lawsuit? It doesn't. It doesn't. <sighs> I know. She was a stripper. I Ooh. have funded many individuals who formerly made that a career calling. You know, back I have in my 20s. I haven't been to a strip club Bradley, but you know, it's an honest it's day's an hon- work. It sure is. Now, Actually, it should be more honest because I think people often in that business get taken advantage of. So if yeah. anything, you should feel um some, you know, not um you shouldn't necessarily feel sorry, but you should, you know, want them to be treated better. Yes. Now, Amber Heard's lawyers also opposed Johnny Depp attempting to frivolously and maliciously suggest or imply that Amber Heard was at one time an escort. So okay. you can see where Johnny Depp's team was trying to position Amber in the court of not only the court of public opinion, but in this trial, you know, what's interesting is despite the fact that that information was not made a part of the trial or whatever. So it didn't uh, uh, affect the jury, perhaps like the world still came for Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, despite what, you know, the jury actually found to be true in this case, I'm just saying that like the court of public opinion sure had it out for Amber. Yeah. Now over on team Johnny Depp in these documents that were released over the weekend from Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's defamation trial, these documents also show new text messages between Johnny Depp and his good old buddy, Marilyn Manson. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. Marilyn Manson, who has been accused of sexual abuse and grooming, uh, including by his former fiance, Evan Rachel Wood, there's a documentary on HBO Max. Highly recommend watching it. Okay. Now, these texts are from 2016, Bradley, where Marilyn Manson allegedly wrote, quote, I got an Amber 2.0. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Johnny Depp responded, quote, I've been reading a lot of material on that and sociopathic behavior, and it's bleeping real, my brother. Bleep, 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 bleep. Because I can't say the things that they were yeah. talking to each other about on the radio. Okay. And yeah. Why do we know that, like, who was trying to, somebody wanted to include this in the court? Uh, like, yeah. Amber's people? Yeah. Like, hey, look, Johnny was talking to this creeper. Right. Got exactly. It. And that Amber, or that Johnny Depp held these opinions about Amber Heard back in 2016 whilst he was talking to his BFF, Marilyn Manson. So uh, to use a phrase that I despise most days, um, this was like a both sides thing, like both sides were trying to besmirch the character of the other. Yes. So it seems 
from these documents that were published over the weekend yeah. from the which I guess, Johnny Depp defamation trial. Which I guess should be no surprise, right? Yeah. That like you're going to try to make uh, the opposition theme gross, unhinged, or otherwise uh, problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, clearly these documents suggest <laughs> well, or demonstrate... These like, documents, which were hidden, totally yeah. show what we already knew. Both of these people were very problematic and toxic for a variety of reasons. Exactly. So, you know, I, ultimately, with the release of these documents, I don't know ultimately if there was an agenda, if that agenda is, was completed by the release of this. But Bradley, you just said it where it's just like, oh, so it kind of tells a story about what we were thinking the whole time. Where it was yeah. just like these people had a messy relationship. At least, yeah, they had a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. They were not in uh, in any way healthy to one another uh, whatsoever. But I do think it's gross that they would have tried to bring in Amber, like, because it just it 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 just unnecessarily invokes all of these stereotypes and yeah, um, and, just mm-hmm. yeah that they were using that as a framing device to besmirch her character exactly as if the facts alone would not have proven the points they were trying to make they needed to be like oh look she was a stripper who escorted yeah okay so those documents are out there read them if you <sighs> happy want happy reading i bet there's an audible version coming no i'm kidding there won't be. <laughs> hey when we come back we've got some more celebrities behaving badly oh, in fact we created a whole segment we call them d-bags we'll tell you about them when we return right here on my talk 1071 afternoon welcome back to the colleen and bradley show <laughs> i'm bradley trainer colleen will be back with us next week holly is here and Celebrities are always behaving badly, which is awesome because we created a whole segment around them. Uh, we call it Lord and Lady Debang. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-bag, Holly? Bradley, thank you for asking. It's Hillary Duff's husband, Matthew Corma- Coma. Who? What? I don't even know who this guy is, but no. he's Mr. Hillary Duff. Okay. Okay. Uh, Matthew Coma. And apparently, Bradley, he also is a student at San Fernando Valley High. Oh! Oh! Now, for the listener, you must know that San Fernando Valley High is where all the juicy gossip is. At least when it comes to Candy Cam, a.k.a. Candace Cameron Bure, most recently, and her kerfuffle with JoJo Siwa. Yeah, consider San Fernando Valley High, the Colleen and Bradley show space where celebrities like to get petty with each other on social media. Okay, so that <laughs> happened last week between yeah. JoJo and Candy Cam. How the heck did Hillary Duff's husband end up in the conversation with Candy Cam and JoJo? Oh, well, he inserted himself into the chat. Now, JoJo Siwa doesn't have anything to do with this, Bradley, but this has everything to do with something that Candace Cameron Bure posted at Bure. That's like a whole separate product line. Yeah, it's just my Candy Cam Puree. Hey, that's mm, coming this fall. Mm, okay, I just gave her that idea. Uh, so, Hillary Duff's husband, Matthew Coma, is posting something about Candace Cameron Bure about something that she posted earlier this month, celebrating or even last month. Okay, so we're it's in not August. even connected to the JoJo Siwa no! kerfuffle. This is connected to the kerfuffle oh that Candace God, Cameron Bure. I know. Now we're in August. 
But he's commenting on something that Cam- Candace Cameron Bure posted celebrating the 4th of July last month. You know, a big national holiday. So Candy Cam posted a 4th of July themed situation over on social media. Okay. Decked out in red, white, and blue. Great. Playing the song Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen in the background. That's not it, but that's patriotic. <laughs> Very patriotic. Okay, now, so she did a patriotic post for the Fourth uh, of July. Yeah, she did. No big deal, right? Okay. Well, Matthew Coma coming in with commentary about a month late, saying, "Yeah, that song you're playing. Yeah, it's about veterans coming home from B- Vietnam and being treated like blank. Yeah, it's not about the Fourth of July." Oh, okay. <sighs> so he's 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 giving her style or taking style points away for her soundtrack theme. Yes. For her TikTok. From a month ago. And he's doing it now. So he's basically trying to, like, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon against Candy Cam. I'm going to do so, too, but something that's totally unrelated. Yeah. And, well, it worked because he got his name in headlines, right? Because when's the last time you ever heard of, much less if ever, the name of Hillary Duff's husband, Mr. Coma? Oh, Bradley, but he is my D-bag of the day because he is bandwagoning yeah. on dissing Candace Cameron Bure. But it's not even the story that we all came for. No, it's not the story but that we came do for. That, at least add, you know, yes and the conversation. Yes, sir. and I understand his criticism, which I which is legitimate, yes, because people have famously misconstrued the message of the song Born in the USA and applied their own meaning to it, which doesn't have the actual meaning of the song. Fair play. But you're Digging through her TikTok from something from a month ago so that you can insert yourself into the conversation yeah. so that you can get traffic for your own whatever and you're trust doing. Honey, there are so many better ways to come at Candy Cam if you really want to. Yeah. I mean, not that you need to come for anybody, but if you're going to try to have like a celeb beef on the talk yeah. or on the gram, uh-huh. uh, maybe pick something that's a little more relatable and or relevant. It's not, not that that issue is not relevant or relatable. It's just that like, it's not, it's apropos of nothing in the, in the room right now that anybody's talking about. Yeah. So it just, it's like when somebody comes into the, you know, like when there's a fight and they're like, you blah, blah, and you blah, blah. And somebody comes (laughs) in the room and is like, and I don't like your pants. Ooh. And people are like, what are you talking about? Your pants? What? what do pants have to do with anything? Yeah, we weren't talking about pants yeah. at all. Well, and that's the thing, too. And also it shows Matthew digging for drama. This was something that we had long since not even talked about. And we didn't even talk about it at the time. Yeah. It's fine. You're inserting yourself Hillary into Duff, the conversation. Come get your husband. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, I would like to let you know that ham. he is uh, may or may not be eating ham, but he is, sings in a band called the Winnetka Bowling League. Oh, great. So mm-hmm. he got some free publicity for his band. Yeah, congratulations. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Mm-hmm. Bradley? No, thanks. What? Do you have a D-bag today? Oh, I do. It's Yay. Jennifer Lopez's first husband. Oh! Why? Um, why? Well, because apparently Jennifer Lopez, uh, Jennifer Lopez's first husband had some thoughts about... Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck's wedding. Oh boy. I wish them the best, <laughs> but that their wedding won't last. Okay, great. Oh, great. Thanks, sir. Was so it? in an exclusive interview um with <laughs> the Daily Mail, oh. Ohani Noah, who now lives a world away, as they point out, from Jennifer Lopez's glitz and glamour life. God, they're 
kind of rude. That's so rude. That's so terribly rude. Anyway, uh, the Daily Mail goes on to say that with three failed marriages behind her, J-Lo finally wed the man she calls her soulmate. But while the world's been captivated, her first husband, who lives a world away from the Hollywood spotlight, is like, it's not going to last. Quote, I wish her and Ben the best, but I'm not convinced it'll last. Jen loves being in love, and she's been engaged six times. Ben's husband number four. I was husband number one, and she told me I was the love of her life. When we lay in our bed on wedding night, she said we'd be together forever. Oh, my God. Talk about sour grapes, sir. They divorced in 1998. Move on. Move on. Well, Bradley, you said something that was key in this Daily Mail story. Okay. Exclusive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He sat down with the Daily Mail because I'm sure that they wrote him a check. Uh, he goes on to say, we were together romantically for two years, but friends for nearly a decade. Um, great. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they, it's like, it, there's a whole long interview that they have. He's now a personal trainer. Yes. They, it tells us how they met in 96. She walks into Gloria Stefan's Cuban restaurant on Miami's Ocean Drive. He had just arrived into the U.S. seven years earlier um on a very like um treacherous journey from cuba it was a miracle we survived like they're telling us all about him and how they met and of course he's taking the opportunity to say you know i mean good for her but it's not gonna last oh yeah rude so rude nobody asked you sir okay the daily mail did ask you and they paid you yeah and i you know he is hustling i am over on ohani noah's instagram account and he's an actor, model, presenter, entrepreneur, writer, producer, personal trainer. All the things. All the things. And you can get his exclusive content if you join his OnlyFans page. Oh, he's on the OnlyFans? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's doing tips and tricks on how to get your lats swole. Or other things. Or other swole. things. <laughs> but this, you uh, know, He does call it his OnlyFan page, so maybe there's just one. Just a single one where you go there. Well, clearly, Ohani Noah... Talking to the Daily Mail, using this as an opportunity to remind the world that, yes, he once was married to Jennifer Lopez. And, yes, he was ditched for somebody else and that this is going to happen again with Ben Affleck. You know, I understand bitterness. Yeah. I, I experience it in my own life. Yeah. I've been there before. And yep. Um, but I don't want, like, my headline in the Daily Mail exclusive to be like, I'm bitter. <laughs> Right. Like, first of all, surprise. Second of all, if I were going to try to make money off the Daily Mail, I don't know that I would. I don't know. I Well, that you're using your bitterness as a marketing tool to get people to sign up for your OnlyFans account. And I'm on his Instagram page and there's lots of abtastic content that I feel like you can get more of at the low, low price. I mean, he looks he looks like he's very fit. Yes. And uh, I wish him all the best. And he loves dogs. Um, we are just about the same age. God, I am old. I am the same, well, not the same age, but I'm a year younger than Jennifer Lopez's first husband. Oh my we could gosh. have been married. I'm an old man. I hate everything but Matlock. Who is that now? Colleen and Bradley are old. Well, it's true. Speaking of that, before and I we have go- no OnlyFan page. Oh. 
Can I have an OnlyFans page and not do anything naughty? Yes. Okay, so what do you what do I have to do though? Well, you have to go to OnlyFans and you have to sign up. You know it what's, doesn't, doesn't mean you have to have dirty content. You know, it's interesting because I was on the Insties yeah. and I got a thing from Instagram saying like I could charge like people an exclusive access fee. Mm-hmm. Um so I could do that because then that's really not nudie. Yeah. And I could just, I don't know, post pictures of my dog. Would people pay for that, do you think? <laughs> people pay for a lot of things, Bradley. Uh, or maybe yeah. I could get into that whole foot thing. You could. You think there's a future in that? I think that there is a big future in foot fetishes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll think about it in the break. Okay. Anyway, Mr. Ohani, do better. Yeah. Come on. You can do better than yeah, that. Yeah, honey. Also, do you, can you just see like Jennifer Lopez like getting that, like a link? Like, hey, look what Ohani just said about you. Or do you think she's like, good for him. He's making some money. You would hope that she would be generous about it. Yeah. But something tells me she's not even aware of it. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. All right. Uh, Speaking of awareness, when we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show and, uh, oh, I'm having technical difficulties. Holly. Bradley. Please remind me what's coming up next. Oh, Bradley. There is a pop culture pop-up situation. Oh! That is How coming. Can I forget coming this is to the, the best Windy- story of the day. Go on, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it's coming to the Windy City and more. And I'll tell you about it when we come back. Find out what uh, favorite TV show of mine is about to have a pop up experience right here on My Talk 1071. For all you, there's a Golden Girls pop up coming. And they're going to throw a party. Okay, so here's the deal. Remember how they had like that uh, virtual peach pit, Good Burger, Saved by the Max, that whole, those pop-up television slash food experiences? Yeah, super fun. Well, uh, apparently it's starting in Beverly Hills, but we'll be moving across the country later this year and into next year. A pop-up restaurant celebrating the Golden Girls is a thing. And I could not be more excited, although as a super fan, like, I don't even know how to call myself a super fan because I feel like I'm more than a super fan. I feel like I'm, is there a term for this where you feel so invested in something that when people get really excited about it, you're kind of upset because you're like, you don't really understand how I feel about this. It's meaningful. Like, that's the kind of emotion I have around the Golden Girls. So when I see stories like this about a pop-up coming, I'm like, Okay, you better be doing right by these ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Golden Girls, Bradley, I'm making an assumption here, but correct me if I'm wrong. It has become an essential part of your essence. It is. It is a part of my <laughs> essence. Now that I am fastly approaching the age of the girls that I grew up watching, because I was there, Holly, in 1984, whatever the year was. It was 1984. Uh, and then beyond, and then I watched them through countless reruns. I'm not alone. I understand this. But I do feel a little protective of the, uh, actually, 1985. Yeah, it's 1980. Was it 1985? Why did I think it was 1984? Anyway, uh, my favorite television show of all time is getting the pop-up treatment. Like I said, it's starting in Beverly Hills. And uh, a guy who is responsible for uh, that Saved by the Bell Peach Pit experience. Did Colleen go to the Peach Pit thing? I think that Colleen went to the Peach Pit or Saved by the Max in Chicago. She went to one of those. Oh, the Peach Pit was uh, 90210. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the um, Saved by the Max was Saved by the Bell. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's uh, this is all brought to you by the same 
group. And in fact, a guy named Derek Barry is the director of experiences at Bucket Listers. And they're the ones responsible for these different iterations of these pop culture food phenomenon experiences. And um, in fact, uh, this Derek character said, when I first got into the pop culture game, again, referencing the Peach Pit, Good Burger, Saved by the Mac. Uh, saved by the max he said i always knew we had to bring golden girls to life at some point and he says i'm always drawn to concepts that tell not just a strong visual story but ones where the food itself is organically woven into the experience and i would totally agree so now this is going to be a restaurant pop-up it's starting in beverly hills but we'll be traveling through the country spoiler alert it's not coming to minneapolis but it is coming to chicago in march of 2023 and uh, it, the experience itself ranges from 39 to $79. And uh, he said of the Golden Girls pop-up, food is such a love language for the Golden Girls characters. It was a no-brainer for us to bring this to life and give fans a taste of the foods in real life. I have questions, Bradley. So do I. I saw this and I, my first reaction was like, oh, be careful. <sighs> what questions do you have, Halls? Well, you're the Golden Girls super fan. I am a casual watcher of Golden yeah, Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mistake, please correct me, but mm-hmm. there's no restaurant at the center of the Golden Girls. They sit around their kitchen late at night eating cheesecake. So for that to be an experience that you're taking on the road, I'm concerned that that's not going to translate in a way that recreating the Max Diner from Saved by the Bell yes. or the Peach Pit, which was an actual restaurant within the show Beverly oh, Hills 90210. Holly, you are thinking like a true super fan of the oh. Golden Girls. Because my first thought was, and I'll explain what they're doing. So what they're doing in this uh, Golden uh, Girls experience pop-up, they have created a bar called Shady Pines, which is, of course, uh, you know, a reference, a hat tip to Shady Pines, ma! The retirement village, quote unquote, uh, that Sophia lived in because Dorothy sent her there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of the punchline, like Shady Pines, ma. Um, So they created this like restaurant called Shady Pines or a bar named Shady Pines. And in this space, they are going to give people a foodie experience that is connected loosely to the show. So, for example, you're going to get an entree and a cheesecake. Cheesecake, of course, because that's iconic in the Golden Girls, right? Right. Um, some of the food is, of course, connected to uh, food that is referenced on the show. And so, like they have, for example, Sophia's lasagna. Um, and anyone who loves the Golden Girls as much as I do knows that it's Sophia's lasagna al forno. Oh, that's her specialty. But, um, you know, so they have done enough work to connect it to the show. But to your point, if I were going to do this to have like a food pop up experience with the Golden Girls, I would have just created the iconic kitchen set. Because to your point, that's where they like that's where they had the cheesecake. That's where they had Liz, uh, Sophia's lasagna al forno. That's where they had every one of Rose uh, Rose's weird desserts that um, were dishes, you know, Scandinavian dishes that that uh, she talked about on the show. They didn't go. The only exception there are two exceptions. One is there's a diner in a very special episode of the Golden Girls where it's like the it's a Christmas episode where they end up at a diner in Miami and it snows. Oh, so that's a, f- a famous episode, right? Mm-hmm. There's also um, when Dorothy hurts, there's a, 
uh, Dorothy gets a best friend who's a bigot and a racist. She learns the hard way. But in the process, they end up going to a literary restaurant where all of the dishes are like related to famous works of literature. And so there's all these funny names like the Edgar Allan Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like there are a couple restaurants that fans would recognize, but not enough, I think, to carry a pop up. So, again, if I were doing this, thanks for asking. You didn't. I would I would do exactly what you suggested, which is call back to the their iconic kitchen. Well, that's the concern, Bradley. I'm concerned that you and all the Golden Girls mega fans out there are being exploited by people who are not putting in the work to make a true Golden Girls authentic experience. Here's the thing, though. I'm open because I'm a super fan, and anytime people are singing the praises of the Golden Girls, I'm here for it. Also, so I would have some questions. So if we can get like the creators on the line, maybe we'll, you know, it's not like they asked, <laughs> but maybe we can offer some constructive feedback. Uh huh. But also, I think there is now a level of fandom that knows like the greatest hits, but maybe isn't as emotional about them. Uh huh. That like they'll get the you know they'll they'll enjoy the experience without thinking too deeply about it. Sure, like they're not going to be me going. If you are going to do this the right way, like everyone wants that guy, right? You're going to be that guy. Yeah, no, yeah. I will. I and I hope to be in Chicago. I do wish they would have come to Minneapolis because I think we have a robust Golden Girls fandom. Oh yeah, a Golden Girls fandom is alive and well in Minneapolis. Do you know what I love about the Golden Girls fandom? What? I went to a a, a drag show um, by a wonderful drag performer who does like a whole Golden Girls thing. I was surrounded by young women, which is so fascinating to me that this show from like the you know mid to late 1980s yeah. is like such a treat. For I wouldn't even say millennial. Like, what's Generation Z? Millennials, yeah, Gen Z, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Like, just to know that this show speaks to multiple generations, you know, it just makes me happy. Speaks to how good it is. It's fine. It'll well, be fine. But we still have questions, mm-hmm. and ultimately, I would like to go. So we'll make it happen. You promise? Okay. Okay. Hey, when we come back. Holly has a question for us, and it's all about cult food items. Right, Holly? Right. Yes. Do you miss a favorite cult food item? We'll talk about it when we get back. Bye.